this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to members only on the website. So if you want to hear more of The Confessionals on a weekly basis, go ahead and check it out at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Just hit the join button and you can become a member today. And if you want some emergency preparedness food and you want to stay prepared for in case of emergencies, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And there you can get yourself emergency supplies that will last up to 25 years shelf life. And if you get the four-week supply, we'll knock $100 off for you right there on the spot. Now, listen, folks, before we get into this week's show, I kind of just want to go into some things that you know came up this past week. I think many people understand uh, this past week was a pretty busy week when it comes to just everything in the world. And I just want to say, first off, that uh, though I am a huge supporter of free speech and people having the freedom to assemble and voice their objections to whatever uh, they feel fit to object to. Uh, What happened on Wednesday storming the Capitol building, uh, I personally do not support. And uh, I just feel like I need to say that because of what I'm about to say now. Um, People have been getting banned off of social media left and right. There has been an organized attack against uh, Parler, which is a social media platform by Apple, Google, Amazon, Uh, What happened is Apple and Google removed Parler off their app stores, and then Amazon essentially removed the internet services available to Parler so that they can't even have a website. So essentially wiping it off the face of the internet. And it is a scary time for me as somebody who's a content creator to think that just because there is somebody that is very powerful in these tech companies that don't agree with what I say or agree with what I do could just erase me 
off the face of the earth when it comes to a digital platform. So uh, that said, and because of that, I am making some changes to this show itself. Today is the last day that I will ever be doing any episodes that have anything to do with conspiracy on this show. Now, I know there are some of you who are uh, pretty much jumping up and down for sheer joy uh, at the news of that, but uh, this is the only platform I have, and I felt like there are times that I needed to get some things out that I would put on this show. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is, once again, my show, and I will do what I want to do on my show. But because of what's been happening, I need to protect the show as well from outside influences. Therefore, I will no longer be doing anything outside of the paranormal. And when I say paranormal, I mean Bigfoot, UFO, ghosts, aliens, abductions, all that kind of stuff. But we're not touching on the things that could possibly get this show erased off the face of the earth. Uh, That said, I also want to let you know I am working on a contingency plan because there are a lot of people who really do enjoy that kind of content. There are a lot of people who wait for the next one to drop. And so I am working on another platform to present to people. It is going to be completely underground. When I say underground, it will not be on any podcast playing apps. It will not go through the Apple App Store. It will not go through Google. It won't be on any podcast playing apps. It's going to be a completely underground show where you might need to push a few more buttons to actually get to it. But once you find out where I'm at, you can actually feel like you're part of the movement. It might be a call-in show. It might be... I'm not exactly sure, actually. I'm just formulating ideas right now, but it is going to be completely underground. If they're going to push free speech to the basement, I'm going to go down there willingly. I'm going to pick out my corner. I'm going to set up shop, and then I'm going to invite everybody down to be a tunnel rat with me under the ground. So that said, if you want to stay in touch with me in case I am kicked off social media, in case internet service providers decide they want to wipe clean the confessionals or Tony Merkel off the internet, go ahead and sign up for the text message community line. This is an absolute free thing for you. All you have to do is text the word YUP, Y-U-P. That's Y-U-P. Text that word to 844-215-0819. Again, that's 844-215-0819. That will automatically register you to get text messages from me in case I need to reach you for any important information, including maybe me dropping this other show and where to find it. I may not say it on this show and I may not post it on social media. This is something that I'm going to be building grassroots. So if you want to be in touch with me, as far as the updates for that goes, go ahead and just text the word YUP, Y-U-P, to 844-215-0819. And I'm also starting up on some social media apps that I have not been on before. I just opened up a MeWe account. And just let you guys know, if you want, you can go look me up, Tony Merkel on MeWe. I am signing up for social media platforms that advertise themselves as free speech. And that is something that is very appealing to me. So I am on MeWe now. Go ahead and look me up, Tony Merkel, if you want to be there on MeWe. A lot of people are saying, what is MeWe? It's just social media. They say it's kind of like Facebook. So uh, I'm testing it out. I'm seeing what it's like. But if you want to go ahead and follow me, go ahead and do that right there on MeWe. Now, this week, we have Dustin coming on the show. And Dustin actually did a two-part show with me. This is an overtime show again. It was not supposed to air this soon. But because of what happened this week, I feel like I just needed to get it out so that I can move on from conspiracy kind of things on this platform. Now, what you're about to hear on this episode is not conspiracy. Dustin has a lot of paranormal experiences, big 
Bigfoot lights, all that stuff. We're going to get into it on this show. And then in the overtime segment, we actually recorded some things that were happening about a month ago. This was recorded on December 11th. And when you hear what I have to say and what he has to say almost a month ago, it's a little prophetic. It's almost like, wow, you hear what we have to say, and then you look at what's happening today, and you're thinking spot on and actually kind of worse than what they were projecting. So that's going to be on the overtime segment. And I hope you guys go ahead and listen to that. If you're members, if you're not a member, all you got to do is be a member on the website and then you can click the overtime segment and it'll open up for you and you can listen to the second hour of this conversation I have with Dustin. And I'm going to play a trailer for that conversation right after this introduction. So let's get to Dustin and the Bigfoot lights right after this trailer. Let's go. That's stuff that they will snatch people up for and never hear from them again. Yep. But I mean, what do you do? This is freaking Orwellian to the max, man. Orwellian to the max. The fact that, that we are speaking in private because the conversation can't go public, that's Orwellian. They, yes. they, had, they had people in that book who were reporting other people saying things that they weren't supposed to be saying and thinking how they weren't supposed to be thinking. There was things in that book called Thought Police for a reason. Yeah. And we are now living amongst Thought Police. So I have to take my segment that is extremely important, put it behind a membership wall so that only people who uh, have access to the privacy of that can access it. Because if I have it public and that gets in the wrong hands, I might disappear. That's how that's what that's what's going on right now. This is what's coming. This is what's coming. It's ah, man. I know. And I try to I try to I pay attention closely because I want to try to like pinpoint exactly when things are going to get really bad and I go back and forth between oh it's next month and then and then I'm like my optimistic side where that wants to believe that okay we got some time and maybe I can start a business get rich and break free from the system (laughs) but like I don't know I mean what do you think do you think we got till you know maybe a year from now things will be drastically different if nothing changes or is it going to play out for a number of years uh, it's going to get worse and worse as time goes on until they reach their dystopia that's what's that's what's happening so that's what i was trying to portray earlier i had a hard time saying it but like like we're here in time and it's this rough this is freaking rough we ain't used to this but the road to dystopia gets progressively worse worse all right today we got dustin on the show dustin what is going on man not a whole lot just uh just ready for this interview Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got done uh, talking here and ranting a little bit about current events. So as the time that it is right now where we're speaking, uh, it is December of 2020. And, uh, you know, if people are hearing this months later, 
maybe the world's changed a lot between now and then. <laughs> but uh, as of right now, you and I just got done ranting for about 45 minutes to an hour about what's going on in the world. And uh, you brought some things to my attention off the CDC website. Uh, the, in, the, the title of this article, and I, I hope it's the article you're refer, referring to, but it says, uh, interim operational considerations for implementing the shield approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings. And this is off the CDC website. And you told me that, uh, it's, it talks about basically taking people who have COVID-19 and putting them in some kind of quote unquote health camps, right? Yep. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to say, when I read it, it just really made the hair stand up on the back of my neck because I know what they are. And uh, what they want to do is, in the name of COVID, they want to take people, put them into into camps. And we got the space for these camps now because, I mean, let's face it, schools are closed, stadiums are closed. There's all these large spaces that are no longer being occupied because of everything being shut down. Now they got the space to put these camps into place and everybody is going to be crying for reopening the economy. Well, this could be one of their uh, ways that they'll say that we can is by shielding uh, the the immunocompromised and the old. Um, and I've already heard people talk about it. They've said, why didn't we just uh, shield people away from, you know, the, 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 the at risk people? and just carry on with the economy why did we have to shut everything down so that tells me that there there could be there could be support for it right away and uh i mean people won't really know what 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 they truly are until it's already implemented two things that made me scared about it though was that uh one was it said it may have the appearance of looking forced uh that right away red flag to me and the other part that uh, didn't sit right with me was that it said that if an outbreak were to happen in one of these facility- facilities, it could be disastrous for the people inside. And I mean, it's I, it's laying the groundwork for a very similar situation we saw uh, in Nazi Germany, essentially is what you're saying. It's setting the exactly. table. And, uh, exactly. Exactly. And I'll tell you that they they have camps, like you said. I know. Uh, I, I've been. Let me put it this way: I've been told by somebody that possibly in January this year, if I'm allowed to travel outside my house, uh, I will be probably visiting this guy here in Pennsylvania who uh, knows of a location. And he told me this. I want to say last year before all this happened, so 2019. He said that he knows of a location that's not far from Raven Rock, which is an underground military base in Pennsylvania, that looks like an empty internment camp just sitting there waiting to go. And he said the only way you can see it, he said the only way you can see this place is a certain time of the year, which is right now wintertime when the leaves are off the trees and you're on a certain ridge and you look out, you can see it through binoculars. And so it's pretty well hidden, apparently. And uh, I'm going to see if I can go find this place. Uh, maybe they're going to, you know, they'll see me and they say, hey, that's our first member. Come on down. You're not going home. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, uh, 
it's a very serious situation we're living in right now. And I recently, the people who are listening to this, whenever this airs and stuff, you probably have noticed already by then that uh, I've become very vocal about this kind of stuff because I just don't care anymore. I think it's time to stand up and fight against the uh, dystopian regime that's trying to come in here. Uh, but I say all that. Dustin, to say that you and I are going to actually go in a different direction right now with your UFO, alien, Bigfoot experience, kind of that story. And then uh, we're going to kind of hang around and stuff for an overtime section talking about all this stuff. And uh, so people, if they want, they can go ahead and uh, check out the overtime section if they're members on the website. Uh, but Dustin, let's get into this experience that you had where it started out seemingly, if, if I remember correctly, it started out seemingly pretty innocent where it was just like you saw a light in the sky, did something funny, and then things kind of snowballed from there. So why don't you just kind of take it away, brother? All right. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it did kind of just progressively build throughout the night. So uh, this happened, let's see, um, 2011 in the middle of the winter. And, uh, my daughter, my first daughter had just been born and, uh, my ex and I, uh, we're not together anymore. She, she and I brought her, uh, back to the reservation where we were both, uh, members from. And, uh, this is in, uh, North central North Dakota called, uh, Turtle Mountains. And so we, uh, visited family and then we're, uh, going, both going to school in Grand Rapids, uh, Minnesota, which is Northern Minnesota, deep in the woods. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty far into, into Northern Minnesota. And, uh, so, I mean, it's like overall like five or six hour drive, uh, between the two places. And, um, I don't know, for some reason we left at like 10 PM, I don't know, something like that. And, uh, we find ourselves, you know, driving late at night. And, uh, so as we are getting to, uh, Grand Forks and, uh, heading, heading East, I I'm looking down to the South and I'm, I'm a passenger in the car, our baby's in the back and, uh, she's driving and I see a, uh, a white streak of light just shoot across the sky. And when it, when I noticed it, it, it kind of right after that hooked down downward, like it changed directions, uh, towards the ground. And after a little bit after, uh, this arcing motion, not like a 90 degree or anything, kind of more of an arc, uh, it, the, the streak of white light stopped and in its place where it stopped was this twinkling red, blue, white light. And, um, I, you know, I was like, what was that? <laughs> you know, and I, I just kept staring at it. I didn't say anything immediately to, uh, to my ex. And, uh, I, so I was just, I'm just like checking this thing out and staring at it. And I was like, well, that was really odd. And, uh, so, you know, we continue on our drive and we eventually get into Minnesota. Well, after gassing up and I think park rapids, Minnesota, uh, we were heading off and we still got, I don't know, hour or so left to go. And, uh, at this time it's about 3 AM. Uh, it's really late and, uh, we're both wide awake. I don't know. must've, I think we were drinking an energy drink or something and just trying to get home. And, 
the next thing that happened was another streak of white light hooks down towards the ground in its place, a, a red, blue, white twinkling light. And uh, this time she saw it too. It was, it was right in front of us. We both could see it out the, the windshield of the car. And uh, we're both like, did you see that? Did you see that? And uh, we're both confirming to each other we saw it. And then I, that's when I tell her about the other one that I saw uh, that by Grand Forks. And that one was still visible too. And so now we got two of them, you know, one to like kind of the right of the car and one to the uh, very front of us. And I mean, they appear to be just looking at us like, uh, if I could describe it, it's, it, it's more like they're in, they're in the atmosphere, but at it's relative size. I think these, whatever they are, the, the intelligent, you know, uh, design of this appearance is made to look like a star. It's, it's, so when you're looking at it with the eye, it just looks like kind of another star in the sky and, but it's twinkling uh, rapidly different colors. And so, I mean, you'd have to be looking for it to, to, to notice it, but I mean, we saw the the streak with the change in direction. And so, I mean, I guess that's about the size of what we're seeing is something about the size of a star, but I mean, coupled with hooking towards the ground and, you know, seeing two of them do the same thing, we knew something was going on. And, uh, then the next thing that happened was a third one. Not, I mean, after the second one, I was kind of like eyes all over, like behind us, above us, and just like wherever I could look outside while we we're driving, I was doing. And uh, then a third one uh, hooked down towards the ground and stopped, uh, you know, at about the same elevation or, you know, angle from where we could look up at it and uh, another light. So now there's three of them twinkling lights and they just kind of have us triangulated and um the next thing that kind of happened was was really really strange we started to have to slow down for deer and we're swerving around deer and then the next thing they're not you know they're so thick we had to slow down to like 10 miles an hour we're like putzing along sweet swerving uh, between deer. Like I've never seen anything like it in my life. We had about like 30 deer in our headlight in front of us. And I mean, it just felt like being in the twilight zone, like just that eerie feeling middle of the night, winter, like 30 deer in our headlight. We, we got these twinkling lights like surrounding us. And we're just, we're just like, kind of just like freaking out, not saying much at this point. We're like, I don't know what's going on. And we get through this kind of wall of deer and we're able to kind of speed back up. And I am monitoring the situation between all these lights, you know, as closely as I can as she drives. And the next thing I see is the one behind us, two white balls of light drop from the sky, uh, drop from it. This, this, twinkling light two orbs just fall to the ground uh sorry no not the one behind us the one in front of us yeah sorry so the one in front of us two balls of light drop and 
this just really brought it up another level because we both saw it and it was it was it was directly in front of us and i mean we we seen it and it just kind of disappeared into the the tree line and mind you this is minnesota that we're driving through now there is trees everywhere uh you know and rolling hills and roads that wind left right up down uh that's just kind of how the roads are in minnesota and uh so we keep driving along and uh next thing you know we started to see a white light uh kind of pulsing on and off on and off and it was off in the distance through the trees so all you can see is just like flickering of this light at when it's on in the distance through the trees so you can only see parts of it and then we get closer and closer and you can just see it you know more and more clear as we get closer to it and it's it's just kind of very rhythmically and kind of like if you turned a dial for a, a light you know how, how it's not like it just was instant on instant off it was more of a fade on fade off and very rhythmic and we're getting closer and then we notice it's there's a second one and we get closer and closer finally we're right up on it and we stop she stops the car and we're staring directly at the two orbs that fell from this thing uh except i don't know how that it, it, these things must have moved or the thing in the sky moved because it, it was still off in the distance you know looking like the same distance away but we're staring at the two orbs, white orbs that we've witnessed fall from the, from beneath it. And we're probably only like 30 feet away. And, uh, there one is about six feet off of this kind of marshy swamp to our left. And the, the other one was like six feet above it. And th- about the size of a basketball, there are just this pure, brilliant white light and it just kind of fades on and fades off fades on fades off and this pulsing rhythmic and they're doing it together in perfect unison and we're staring at it car completely stopped window down and we're just in awe like there's nothing holding it up we were thinking maybe radio tower uh but i mean when the lights illuminated everything around it you saw nothing. They were just hovering there. Uh, just, I mean, it, it, it blew our minds. Like we didn't know what we were staring at. I, I felt more excitement than fear. I was ready to get out of the car and go walk right up to it and, and like, see what's going on. Because I, I knew I was witnessing something incredible that I might not ever see again. And I'm like, this is my opportunity to get some sort of answers of, of like, you know, aliens or, or what, what have you. And I, I wanted to explore, but, uh, she got scared and kicked down the, the gas pedal and, and we took off. And, uh, so we're, we're probably cruising pretty fast now. She wanted to get the heck out of there. And, uh, the next thing that happened after that was, uh, that's why I got it kind of mixed up was because the next thing was one orb, white orb fell from the one behind us. And 
Uh, so that one fell to the ground and we're driving along, just trying to get, get home. You know, it's like that three o'clock hour. There's no cars, by the way, we didn't pass a single car this whole time. And, uh, a few minutes after we saw the one fall behind us from the one behind us, uh, we're starting to notice what looked like maybe some headlights of something coming up, rolling around the hills and the trees behind us. And as it got closer, we noticed it's just one light. So we're like, okay, maybe this is a car with a headlight out or a motorcycle in the middle of the winter. We're like, oh, you know, maybe. And, uh, but in the back of our minds, we're both, we're both thinking, you know, or we just saw fall from the sky, you know, and, but we didn't say it. And, uh, we're driving and it's, it's getting closer and it's gaining on us. And it's getting so close that I thought it was going to come directly through the car. And before I let that happen, um, so me being native American, uh, we, we pray with tobacco and, uh, tobacco brings our, takes our prayers to, uh, the creator. And, uh, at the time I smoked, so I grabbed a cigarette, I broke it in half and, uh, I prayed with it. I said, uh, okay, creator, that's enough. Uh, she's scared. And I threw the tobacco out the window as we were going, going over a hill and this thing was very close behind us and we went over the hill i threw the tobacco and it didn't it didn't follow us anymore it it stayed on the other side of the hill right after i threw the tobacco out the window and said my prayer and uh so we we just kept driving and uh like we just you know had a near miss and we're both shaken up pretty good and uh she said the next thing she saw was uh a green light beam down on the other side of the hill we just uh passed and take up that uh thing that was chasing us and then um and then this is her again she said she uh, had this mental image of like an old Indian man in her head, like kind of laughing, you know, just like, I'm not, I don't know, just, that's what she told me is like, she had this picture of an old Indian man kind of just laughing in her head. Um, and oh yeah. And then we, we reached some more deer. We had to slow down again and get through some more deer. And uh and then this whole time all three uh twinkling lights were still visible still triangulated one in front of us one behind us and one to our right and they they stayed in those exact positions until we got all the way back to grand rapids and uh and we got home and i mean luckily we made it home and uh and uh, yeah, those lights kind of just stayed in that, in that exact formation. And, um, oh, but later on, I realized at first when I had this experience, I thought that the deer were attracted to, uh, whatever activity was going on, but 
through listening to your podcast and uh, the Sasquatch Chronicles, I realized that the animals are terrified of whatever is going on. So it makes sense to me now that we went through two waves of deer. They were moving radially out of the region that we went into. We hit the first wave because they were all moving radially away from the hot spot where we were witnessing the two orbs. And they were, they, we were just witnessing terrified deer is what we were witnessing. They were all running away from whatever that was. And then we hit the other wave because they were running in the opposite direction away from the, the orbs. Um, and so, I mean, I just, yeah, kind of years later, I, I put that part together. Um, but that's, that's pretty much, uh, that, that whole experience there. So how did, how does Bigfoot enter into this equation? So, uh, yeah, actually, um, the next day I went to the college that I was going to, um, Itasca community college. And, uh, I had started my engineering degree at, at this college and I mean, it's a great college, by the way. I mean, they have a really good um, two-year, uh, you know, junior college for engineering pro- you know, program there. And uh, I was taking Ojibwe language, which is what I, I am. I'm uh, Ojibwe, um, Native American. And uh, so we were, I was taking, you know, that language class and it was taught by a medicine man. Uh, named Larry Aiken and uh, you know God rest his soul he's he's passed on since you know I wish I could call him up sometimes and just talk more with him about this but um, you know I got to talk to him at length about it uh, the next day I just I went right to him because I knew who to go to I was like I need to tell Larry about this and when I did I uh he he told me well i told i told him the whole uh story that i just told you and he had this knowingly smirk on his face as i told him everything and you know he just shook his head and you know had that kind of smirk on his face and when i was finished uh he told me what those balls of light were he said you know bold face no uh you know wavering uh, that those balls of light were Bigfoot. And I was like, Bigfoot, what? And uh, he said that th- you were seeing them in spirit form. And had they presented themselves in physical form, you would have been terrified. And I was like, wow. And he went on to tell me that Bigfoot beca- can become invisible and that's why you know you know people can't find him he doesn't want to be found uh he's got he can become spirit form or invisible and that's essentially why they they haven't been discovered widely anyways i mean i know and like you probably know and like uh wes germer know that they there's tons of people out there that know they exist, but yeah, I mean, it's just not widely known or accepted because, you know, of those reasons there. And, uh, he, uh, then said that it was the star people 
that that chased us that night and they said that the star people watch over my daughter and i went to him for an indian name uh you know native american name for my daughter and it turned out you know he can't he uh informed us that uh the spirit world they, they want her name to be uh evening star and so that's her that's her uh native american name and uh and that yeah, mine's actually a uh, white cloud and uh so yeah i mean if i could ask him today i'd, I'd, I'd definitely want to know more uh, like why are they watching her and you know does that mean that they're gonna be like abducting her occasionally or you know like are they friendly or you know i mean i guess i got that impression because he said it like you know it wasn't something to be worried about but he didn't say those words either though so i mean i have so many questions he's he's no longer with us but um all i all i got is you know just what i was able to talk to him at the time and uh it, it was just a mind-blowing experience I mean, it changed my life. Like since then, I you know I've been obsessed about the uh, the, the subject, and it it you know completely. I mean, I've had uh, paranormal experiences before from uh, Native American ceremonies, and I kind of want to touch on you know talk about some of those experiences too. But like, I knew there was a spirit world and stuff, but that just confirmed to me, you know, that the, the alien, you know, phenomenon is real. I experienced it. And after listening to, you know, many podcasts, like it's, it's confirmed to me, like it's very consistent with uh, the red, blue, uh, white, and then green is also in there too, but we weren't close enough to see some of those colors, but it, it's it's very consistent with a lot of uh, descriptions that have been told by many other eyewitness accounts, and uh, and just you know the the lights, man. There's always the talk about the lights with Bigfoot, and so I mean for me that right there just kind of confirms it for me what I what I saw, and uh, yeah. So what was your uh, thoughts about, you know, this kind of stuff, like everything you just relayed to me, what was your thought about this kind of stuff before your experience? You said it was life changing. So I'm assuming you didn't really pay attention to it much. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, like I actually struggled with, with drinking and, uh, like I had a really bad drinking problem before. So I didn't pay attention to much other than just like me wanting to party and stuff but uh ever since that experience that i i sobered up shortly after that and uh, it because you know actually this is weird too because after my daughter was born that was the first time my mom came to me and told me you need to start getting prepared because things are gonna get really uh really ugly in the future she told me this 10 years ago and yeah, that's weird. I just kind of came to me now. Um, and this always like kind of makes me wonder too, you know, it is what's going on today. Like 
are the are the ETs going to make an appearance? Are they going to, you know, is, are they going to tie into it somehow? Uh, like, I, I just, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, my mom came to me and told me that. And uh, ever since then, you know, I sobered up and I've, I've had that preppers mindset. But I have been unable to until recently have the the financial means to uh do anything to prepare but today you know i i started a painting business and uh you know money money in my areas is really good for that and and then uh yeah and i actually graduated with my engineering degree from ndsu uh so i work as a civil engineer for uh, uh indian health service now and so now I, I have a, a bit more money and I, I have invested heavily uh, in, in preparations. And I can tell you, yes, I can tell you right now, we can go off the grid and live perfectly fine for the next year. I mean, I wish I had more, but the next year with, with no power, water, et cetera, like we're good to go. And, uh, you know, anybody's long-term plan has to have renewable food source in there so obviously i mean there's there's hunting and fishing in there that and and in minnesota there's there's plenty of natural resources to get that so um i mean yeah i'm i'm ready for whatever's coming and uh yeah i mean it just it kind of tied into there a little bit. Yeah. Do you, do you, does your mom give context to that though? I mean, does she like say anything specific or was it just more in general, like the world's going to be getting really bad in the future as, you know, as somebody who's lived a life and has seen things unfold, uh, some people have the wherewithal to project things going into the future. In fact, that's kind of what I, I do. I mean, I, I've recently started really referring to myself more as a futurist than I am a conspiracy theorist because I really, I'm not m- as much of a guy who looks back at like, you know, JFK and things like that as much as I look at the world around me and project where it's going. Uh, is that kind of how your mom was too? Uh, she is, she is now like, uh, so my mom is, is divorced from my dad and, uh, you know, they're both happy in their lives now. Uh, so she remarried to, uh, somebody that I, you know, I have respect for too. And, uh, he served in Vietnam and, uh, he's a prepper. And, uh, the other thing is like, so like, uh, you know, I just started reading uh, rich dad, poor dad and, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, the author, he was in, uh, Vietnam too. I think it was. And he said, when he got back from the war, he said, boys, America has changed. And, uh, he was talking about, you know, all the hippies and whatnot, trying to protest the war for, you know, I, I get it for good reasons, but it, it was the very first time in history that, uh, the population was very not supportive of troops, you know? And they, they had to change out of their, their fatigues. And like, you know, they said, they told them to do that and just like kind of disperse, um, after they leave the airport. Well, he's, you know, so my mom's husband served in Vietnam, Robert Kiyosaki served in Vietnam. They got, uh, military economics background, uh, education. So 
they they understand true history, not the history that's taught in in, in classrooms in America, but true history of economics and 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 you know world uh, governances, uh, systems of governing, and you know it's 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 for the past hundred years it's been the battle between communism and and capitalism. Uh, but getting back to my mom, so she's married to him. I think he probably influenced uh, some of her feelings about it, but she straight up had a dream of uh, my grandfather that, so her dad, my grandfather that I never got to meet, unfortunately. And he was a great man. He fought in World War II. And uh, my other grandfather uh, fought in World War II and liberated the the Nazi death camps. And so she had a dream of the grandfather that, that I didn't get to meet uh, came to him, uh, her, and said, uh, you need to prepare. Things are going to get, you know, very ugly in the future. And you, you just need to be ready. And that was, that was kind of all, uh, I remember from what she told me and she told me that, you know, like about 10 years ago and I've been meaning to bring it up to her again, but you know, for sure she, she got a warning from her, her late fa uh, father warning her that things were going to happen. And in, in the, you know, 10 years since then, we've, We've had a lot of confirmation of this through our ceremonies and sweat lodges that things are going to happen. I've even heard of like the Christian church. Uh, there's been prophecy in the Christian church that in our area, at least, um, the Christian church is going to lean heavily on uh, the Native American and there's going to, uh, you know, Native American population and there's going to be a partnership there. And I think it's because you know, our, our native reservations are, are ready. They, um, they have prepared and we have a lot of people that live in, in poverty and they already essentially live off the grid. And there's, you know, the general population don't have any survival skills. They don't know how to live off the land. They don't know which, which, you know, um, foods to pick and berries to pick or uh where where they can get food out of nature and that knowledge is still retained on the reservations and it's 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 a combination through culture and uh tradition and just plain old resourcefulness and need and um so i think when i put my analytical mind to it i think that's what they mean is that the, the the Christian churches are going to need some help from Native communities, and I can totally see that happening. And uh, yeah, I forgot what was the other question. No, I don't think there was. So <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no, I, but I do want to backtrack here a little bit because I don't want to get away from this original experience before we go into the because uh, I know you you did. Um, well, now I'm drawing a blank as to. Uh, what was it? Um, you did some kind of ceremony. I remember reading it in the email. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Sundance. Sundance. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I got star child on my mind and I, for star people and I, I had the S's, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah. So before we get into that, though, I want to backtrack to the um, the the initial experience. And you said that uh, your wife, she saw at one point uh, an old Indian man laughing. Was that like a vision or was it a dream? It was in the moment, though, right? It was in the moment. And actually, uh, like my ex, um, like my ex, we weren't actually married, but my my current wife, uh, different person. And we got some some babies now too but uh yeah my ex said that she in the moment saw like an old man indian man kind of laughing she had that picture in her head um yeah i mean i found that interesting and just the connection with larry aiken telling us uh you know was able to tell us what happened and uh he said that they come from a star not too far from us. Uh, Pleiades, I think that is something that I've, I've, I remember hearing. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's like a, a sister planet, apparently. And uh, they come from there, is, is what I was told. And I'm feeling good. All right, I want to talk to you about this week's sponsor who I just got off the phone with. It's Feels, F-E-A-L-S. That's Feels. It's a CBD company that's delivered directly to your doorstep. It's a monthly subscription-based. Feels naturally helps reduce stress and anxiety. If you're having a hard time sleeping or you're feeling pain that's preventing you from sleeping, Feels is the company for you because Feels is U.S.-grown premium full-spectrum hemp. Now, what does that mean? Isolate CBD is actually the kind of CBD that people get used to over time and it doesn't work as well for them but full spectrum hemp actually doesn't have that effect for people where actually people over time sometimes need to reduce their doses because it works that good for them feels as easy to take all you got to do is drop a few underneath the tongue and you're good to go and if you're feeling a little hesitant because you never did cbd but you thought about it you heard a lot about it feels offers a free cbd hotline to help guide your personal experiences feels works naturally to help you feel better there's no high hangover or addiction my mom loves it anybody who knows my mom she's in a lot of pain all the time since she's about my age and she absolutely loves it now feels helps people feel their best every day and it can help you to become a member today by going to feels.com slash tony and you'll get 50 percent off your first order with free shipping that's f-e-a-l-s dot com slash tony to become a member and get 50 percent automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash tony Speaking of the stars and star people, you you said that, um, and I I don't remember the man's name. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it anyways. Uh, but he told you about the star people, and those were the lights in the sky. But the lights in the sky, if I if I heard you correctly, uh, two white orbs fell from them onto the ground. And he said those were Bigfoot. How does that kind of tie together? Do you think? Well, I mean. 
if I accept what he says and I do, uh, there's a connection between Bigfoot and, uh, ETs. What the connection is exactly. I don't know. Are they, uh, ETs themselves? I mean, I, I think that's a definite possibility. Um, or do the eight ETs, maybe the ETs brought, brought them here from a different planet and they just, you know, it's like Star Wars where they got, you know, uh, Wookiees and these other uh, different uh, alien races. They just kind of uh, commingle and, 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 uh, and whatnot. And to be honest, I think that, I think that there there's multiple alien races out there and, you know, they, they talk about the grays. Uh, so those are the, probably the most famous. And then there's, uh, the reptilian, uh, and some people jokingly refer to them as the, the lizard people. And, uh, then there's the, the Nordics and they're like a tall slender type alien and I really think that all of all those uh, different types exist. And so what Bigfoot is exactly, maybe it's another uh, type of alien. And, uh, you know, but they, they have this spiritual aspect, too, that that is really curious when they when they can become pure spirit form. I think that, you know, they, they just have in, they're much more in touch with their spiritual side than humans are um and i i personally think that they they could be they could be all from god you know like how the different races on this planet are children of god and i mean to clarify i i believe in uh uh which is the great spirit but i also believe in jesus christ and uh god i believe that uh that gichimanadu and god are the same person but god which i'll use interchangeably with uh the great spirit gave his people on the planet different ways of reaching him and i don't believe that one way is is more superior than the other just as long as you use one of those ways that he put on this planet to reach them and you do it you pray you put down your tobacco if that's the way you pray or you you go to church and, and you pray and so i think there was different ways given to his people and uh so all these i i, I struggle a little bit with like you know what's going on really with the alien thing you know could it be a demonic uh deception from from the devil you know could it be is that just what it is just a demonic uh manifestation or are they just another race of intelligent life that comes from the universe more of a conventional uh you know thought of what aliens are i i, I kind of go back and forth between those two because i i can definitely see that either one could be could be real and you know when we talk about different dimensions uh of existence i mean uh, uh string theory necessitates higher levels of of um dimensions for it to be a valid theory of of uh physics and 
So, you know, maybe these beings have a better understanding and how to come and go out of these uh, dimensions. Who's to say that th these dimensions that they speak of uh, are the, the realm of existence that we go to after we pass on? I mean, all I know for sure is that I know that people go to a different plane of existence uh, with with the creator after after uh, life on this earth is over. And, you know, I also believe that hell is real and that people will go there, too, if, if they didn't lead a life uh, and try to help people. And uh, but I did ask him, you know, are, are these aliens like of God. I mean, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, are they just, are they his children too? And he said, yes. So, I mean, I guess I kind of lean towards that. And, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that there very well could be a federation of aliens that have decided that humans are not sophisticated enough in our technology and our in our evolution um as as a civilization to reveal the existence of uh extraterrestrials i i think it's like star trek the movie when they when they went to that planet and they visited uh these weren't they covered in like white powder or something are they like white people i don't know but they're like obviously like in the stone age um and you know, they talked about, oh, we, we were not supposed to reveal our existence to these people. And like you could have damaged the outcome of that civilization. And I think it I think it's it's logical to uh, think that they are curious in us and they, they don't want to interfere, though, because they, they want I mean, that's what we would do our, ourselves. We try not to interfere with natural life. We just want to observe and learn, but try not to disturb, uh, the, uh, what they got going on. But I think there's also bad ETs and sometimes they don't, they don't play by those rules. And, you know, maybe the, the good ones are, are actually providing protection from our, the bad ones, but you know, maybe the bad ones, they still get away with, with their abductions and stuff. Cause that's, that is a, a real phenomenon too. Yeah. It's all very complex and intriguing. And there's so many different ways to think about these kind of experiences that people have and just the ideas that float around out there from these experiences. Uh, and everybody has their own thoughts and ideas and stuff. And that's why I, I don't discredit people and I don't try telling people, well, you're wrong because of this and you're wrong because of that. Because here's the thing, like, yeah, sure. I have my thoughts and ideas on things, but, uh, I don't know if I'm right, you know, like I have very strong feelings about things, certain things, very strong feelings uh, that lead to that, that come from my, my spiritual background. Uh, th those are, th I mean, I think that's very common for many people where that some of their strongest feelings in life stem from their strongest feelings of their religious spiritual backgrounds. And, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, like, 
there's so many things that we just don't know whether it's possible or not, if it's if it's real or not, or if our line of thought lines up with what actually is happening around us. Uh, and, and that's something that ha- it has bubbled up to the surface in just culture in general, when you have an entire world that's been manipulated and propagated by media across the globe that's controlled by uh, world elites, people don't know where to go with their thoughts because what they're being told is manipulated. And deep down inside, they know that. They know that. And so to think outside the box that's been given to them is extremely hard because uh, we don't teach critical thinking to our children. And they've, they've essentially snatched away the ability to critically think at, from adults through uh, entertainment and lulling you to sleep with the phones that are in your pockets. And so um, I totally I totally hear where you're coming from, uh, Bigfoot's an alien, all that stuff. But no, <laughs> but, but no, it's true though, right? I mean, it's true. Like we hear people talk about Bigfoot being translucent and uh, what what do we, where does that idea come from in Hollywood? Well, the movie's a predator, you know, and yeah. the predator is translucent in an alien. And people say that Bigfoot, uh, they, they, they've seen Bigfoot be translucent and we see people t- like like you having UFO experiences line up with Bigfoot. Not necessarily you didn't see Bigfoot, but the idea of it, uh, we, we have had people say that we had Bigfoot activity on our property. And at the same time, we had UFO sightings. And so and, and sometimes people talk about Bigfoot interacting with the UFO. I've heard people say that they saw Bigfoot come out of the UFO. It's so there's, yeah. there's so many different things that there's... that, that to, to think about. Right. There's definitely a connection. There's definitely a connection. And I mean, I don't know. Bottom line is, I guess we don't really know what they are until we can talk to one or, you know, hopefully maybe somebody has had some sort of mind speak. And I can't think of an interview that I've listened to where they told outright, we are this or we are that. Uh, Maybe maybe one day somebody will have that experience, but but even even that. So like for me, uh, the way I I I hear things, I approach things. I, I just this is how I naturally am. When I hear that, I'm like, okay, that's your experience, right? But then when it comes to the translation of the experience from the experiencer, that's where there's room for people to draw their own conclusions. And so when somebody says that they experienced mind speak from Bigfoot or mind speak from whatever, uh, that person who had that experience at that point, uh, defines their experience through however they decided to define it. So they could say, you know, I had mind speak and Bigfoot told me this. And so I believe it. And then there's going to be other people out there that are going to say, well, you had mind speak and you had the Bigfoot experience and it told you this. But what if whatever you experienced wasn't being truthful with you? What if it was being deceptive? And so there's just so many different ways to think about this stuff. Uh, And that's why I just really put emphasis with this show to be open-minded. And we just talk to people, have good, fun conversation, and just let the cards fall where they may. And let the audience, you, me, everybody decide and draw your own conclusions as to what you're going to believe. Because that's the most important thing right now. In a world where you're being told what to believe everywhere you turn, it's very important that you have at least an hour show where we we approach topics and at the end of the day you as the guest in the show and i are telling all the people who listen these are the experiences now draw the conclusions where you want to draw them 
and think for yourself and see where that thought process goes. I think that's huge because it's something that we we have that that is a, a talent and a gift that has been taken away from us in our society. Yes, yes, we everybody needs to uh, critically think for themselves and never take anything you hear for face value, even if it's from authorities. The the, the media is is like uh, perceived to be an authority. They're they're supposed to tell the truth and they're just reporting the news uh but no actually the smith modernization act of uh 2012 i forget the 2012 uh legalized propaganda yep. so me the media big the big media corporations it's, it's propagandized the, uh, and, and and your next thought is well i didn't hear about that on the news exactly because they're not going to tell you they're allowed to lie to you yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, before we switch gears into that, I was wondering maybe if there's time, I don't know, you, you tell me like, uh, the, the Sundance experience. Oh yeah. There that's was where I'm going pre- with it, man. I want you to go right into it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. So what a Sundance is, is for, it's, it's, it's the most sacred ceremony that we have as a native culture. And it's practiced all throughout North America. Um, and, you know, so tribes down south, uh, all the way to uh, way up here in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, we, we practice Sundance. And they, they, they take slightly different various forms, uh, depending on where you uh, are geographically. But essentially what they are is... Uh, a way to show your commitment to uh the creator and and your uh sending prayers the most powerful way that you can and you're there praying for the people praying for what they need if if you have sick relatives or friends and family you're praying for them or if if you know the the tribe is going through something awful or that's what it was you know then but like today we pray for the 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 country we pray for the world we pray for everyone we don't pray for just our people only no we pray for the world we care uh about everyone and it it's so there is uh flesh offering and and actual like what could be viewed as uh self-mutilization but it's it's very traditional it's very sacred and it's very real and it's done in a uh sterile with like sterile scalpels and everything uh in a safe way so uh it, uh to sundance you uh you you have to be ready for it it's uh you're supposed to um fast in the spring and go up on the hill t- for a vision quest and you fast for uh, no water and food for four days and you sit up on the hill and you battle the elements you 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 sleep under the stars and you go without you go without food you go without water and it simulates uh you know getting closer to death you are bringing your body close closer to the point of of death and so what it does is it thins the veil between this world and the next and you're you're meeting 
the creator halfway. You're showing that you're willing to meet him halfway from this world to that one. And he will, he will meet you the other half. And he does. Um, so I haven't done a vision quest yet, but I did get to do the spirit, uh, the sun dance. And, uh, so after, yeah, you do that, then you get, get to go to the sun dance and it's, it's four days and four nights, uh, as well. And, uh, you go without food and water that whole time. And every day you are dancing and it's, it's, you form a ring, a circle, and, uh, you use like, uh, tree branches, like boughs from, uh, trees to form kind of like roof structures around the circle. And then in the middle, you put up a spirit tree and I forget the exact name of the tree, uh, which one it is, uh, but like, it's a specific tree and it's blessed before it's cut down and it's treated as a sacred object from the time it's cut down and, uh, all the way till we're, you know, we're done with the Sundance, but it is the most sacred item when we're at the uh, Sundance. So when it's brought into the circle, every Sundancer ties a rope to the top of the tree. And then they also tie, uh, tobacco bundles to the top. And these tobacco bundles are, are your prayers, what you're there for. You usually Sundance for a handful of things that you're there specifically for. And, um, you know, I was there for my family and, uh, for a few other things. And, uh, one second. And, uh, so after everybody ties their rope to the tree, uh, they raise it and it's, you know, sunk into the dirt and then, you know, buried around and so now you got a standing tree in the middle you dance around it four days and no food no water and uh like i explained with vision quest you're you're thinning the veil between this world and that one showing you're you're meeting him halfway and uh in the mornings and evenings we have uh, a sweat lodge so you know if you don't know what a sweat lodge is it's it's like a sauna but these rocks are in a fire that is, by the way, there's a fire burning for the entire time of the Sundance. And, uh, in the fire, we, we bring in, uh, rocks, we call them grandfathers. And, uh, these, we heat up the grandfathers and they, they sit in there for like a good half day. And so they're in there and they're, they're glowing red hot by the time we, uh, take them out out and put them into the sweat lodge and so there's this pit in the middle and uh, it's a dome structure with uh canvases and blankets and whatnot covering the dome structure so it's pitch black you can't even see the hand in front of your face uh and we get in and you know i just get in with like some some basketball trunks on or something and uh um actually when you're sun dancing though we we have uh traditional like men wear a traditional skirt and women wear uh, a traditional skirt, with, but with also a top on too, like a blouse type thing, but traditional as well. And uh, then you pour water on the rocks and it gets very hot in there. And, uh, and, but like, we're also kind of like 
letting the moisture hit our body and we're like kind of that's how we clean up a little bit in the morning and um well one uh one night that we had a sweat lodge um we had a spirit an entity visit us and uh his name was sota and sota was a warrior that died in battle at the age of about 13 or 14 and he uh came to warn us that the next day it was going to be very hot so tell them to put the red ochre on and the red ochre is like uh traditional sunblock sunscreen it's red and it shields the skin from uh you know damaging light and uh so we don't burn and uh he was audible though. That was the crazy thing. You could hear him granted. You can't see anything inside the sweat lodge, but the weird part was it sounded like I was listening to a cartoon character. It was this high pitched cartoonish sounding, uh, thing. And it sounded like gibberish. I couldn't understand it. And it was just like, the it was just very bizarre sounding like that, but you could tell something was communicating and the medicine men understood perfectly could hear him. And when, when you reach that level of, uh, spirituality and, uh, have lived that life and, and shown for a very long time and have, have practiced this culture, uh, you reach different levels of being able to see and hear things. So they, they can see more than I can see. They can hear more than I can hear. And so they were able to tell, you know, I could hear something, but I just couldn't understand what he was saying. And, uh, but they could understand it. And, uh, so they told us what he said. And he also said that he likes Snickers and Coke. <laughs> Which kind of um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh uh that's a thing in our culture too is leaving out spirit plates and that that uh so when we have a big feast we'll take a little bit of everything and put it on a plate and that's offering it to the spirits in a show of respect and acknowledgement of their existence of still being there because when we do this the the ancestors they follow us and they they watch they watch everything and while we did this uh a great big wall of a uh, thunderstorm just billowed up in front of us and started moving in on us. And as it was moving in, it, we were seeing faces of like Hayokas, they call them, which is uh medicine men, but they're also jokesters. And it, it would take a little bit too long to understand what, <laughs> tell why they're jokesters and stuff like that. But that's what they're called. Hayokas. And, uh, we saw, we saw their faces in this, this thunderstorm. And then as it was moving in, it stopped, it stopped like a couple miles out and this huge mushroom cloud just billowed up in front of us. And then it started putting on a, a lightning show for us, lightning, just streaking across the, the great big cloud. It looked like a mountain in front of us and filled with just dazzling lightning show for us and he said that they do this every year they show us that they're they're watching 
and uh there's been lots of ufo experiences there i didn't get to see a ufo experience there that time but they said that you know there's f-18s that scramble and they they try to chase them down and they know that our ceremonies call these things in we don't we don't tell the the ets to come but they just they react and that's the other very strange thing about uh the alien realm is that they they respond to prayer when i threw that tobacco out it stopped following us when we have our ceremonies they come they check it out and i mean the 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 government outlawed uh our our sun dances because they they were freaked out by it and they still are to this day. They are they're scrambling their F-18s. They can't ke- keep up with the UFOs. But that was the, one of the reasons that they banned it because they were freaked out by it because they saw some stuff. And I mean, Bigfoot. They they are always like in the vicinity. They watch too. And uh, you know, a lot of people talk about that, seeing their glowing uh, eyes off in the distance, surrounding the 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 ceremony. And, uh, um, and then while you're in s- sweat too, uh, there's a shaker that, you know, like it's kind of like a maraca, but it's a, a traditional shaker and it, it gets picked up by a spirit and it starts getting rattled all over the, the, the sweat lodge. And as it gets rattled, it, it sparks off light. It gives off a light. It's supposed to be pitch black in there. I mean, we're, we're talking no electronics whatsoever, no lighters, nothing like that. And somehow there's light coming from within inside this, this shaker. And it's, it's the spirit energy, you know, from, from the spirit world, picking up the shaker. And when we sing and we get to an intense part of the song, it, it, that's when all that energy, it, it must give them enough energy to enter into the physical space that we're in pick up that shaker, make it spark light and shake it. I mean, it just shakes it in front of you and like it hits the ground. I mean, you could hear it just like, like somebody really like energized, picked it up and just hitting the ground around people and, and like hitting the rocks. It's, it's a very intense experience. And yeah, if you're not ready for it, which I've seen stuff like that before, because, uh, when I was, like six years old, my mom needed hip replacement surgery or something. I think that's what it was, but she had a healing ceremony and we're in the basement of a medicine man's home and we block out all the light pitch black in there too. We circle up and there's shakers in the middle. I saw those shakers light up too, but at that age, I still had my innocence and, um, this is universal across all cultures and religions that when you have your innocence, you're more susceptible to seeing and hearing. Well, that time I got to see two spirits walk into the circle. So granted it's black pitch black. I can't see a thing. I can't see the hand in front of my face, but off in the distance, I look and I see uh, like in the shape of smoke uh, two figures walking into the the circle, and I I still remember it to this day. I mean, it it it's one of the experiences that just 
let me know that there there is a spirit world there is an afterlife our actions have consequences and we we are we were most definitely interacting with that world and uh yeah i mean just looked like smoke like white smoke uh but it was in the in the form like i could see legs a body arms and a head but nothing distinct beyond that but i could just see them walking into the circle uh coming to to help us you know with our with our prayers and uh yeah it's it's wild wild stuff yeah, it definitely is wild stuff. And, you know, w- one of the things you're talking about is all these experiences. And then you mentioned about how uh, the government and you guys stopped doing it because they had, a, you know, scrambled jets or whatever. Uh, but then right after that, you mentioned about how it attracts, you know, Bigfoot and, you know, you're having these UFO, you know, ET experiences or whatever. It kind of it kind of at least from your perspective of telling the stories and experiences that you've had, it really kind of ties a in my mind, a very direct connection to some of these people's experiences being very spiritual in nature as well as maybe physical. So, uh, you know, I know some people don't think Bigfoot's anything other than a hairy creature walking around the woods. But um, if if what you're doing is attracting these creatures along with ET, along with UFOs, to the point that the government's having to scramble jets and, and tell you to stop. Like it, it tells me there's a very much of a spiritual aspect to these kind of things that uh, maybe people aren't, they maybe people don't want to accept or maybe just can't mentally fathom or go there, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know why there's suppression uh, of, you know, the belief in um, like, you know, you know, spirits or, uh, just, the. I think it's just the push of, you know, science versus religion and, or, or just spirituality in general, uh, why they have to be competing ideologies. I don't know, because I personally believe that, you know, the, the creator willed things to into existence and willed, you know, uh, evolution to happen and he was had many, you know, uh, creations before us before he arrived with with man, and he's he's sticking with man right now. And uh, so, you know, as we explore uh, science further, I mean, I think that we could get closer to you know uh, blending the two. Uh, and I think we're getting closer to that point, but you know, and I think these ETs, they, 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 I think they understand that, you know, existence isn't just what you can see, hear, touch and, and whatever with your senses there, they, they understand that there's a spiritual aspect to existence as well, you know, cause if, if Bigfoot can choose between to be physical or in a spirit form they obviously know more than we do uh but like you know our culture we always knew all these things and yeah i mean sadly it just it looked like paganism when uh the spread of the western world came in but uh you know we're still here today we still practice our uh our our ways and our culture to this day 
And uh, for that, I'm I'm proud. And I just, you know, I hope that we're able to retain our language too, because uh, that's dying with our elders uh, as they as they pass on, and not enough young people are are, are learning it. No, I absolutely agree with you, man. Uh, listen, Dustin, this uh, these stories have been a pleasure to listen to, man. I appreciate you sharing them. Absolutely. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where you share the show on any platform. It doesn't bother me if you share the show on Facebook or Twitter. I don't care. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. And once again, if you want to, go ahead and follow me on MeWe because that is a free speech platform. I hear my opinion might change after I am using it for a little bit. We will see. But if you want to stay contacted with me in case I am erased off the internet and you want to get the updates as to what the confessionals is doing and what I'm doing on the side for this new project and where to find it, just text the word YUP, Y-U-P, Y-U-P to 844-215-0819. That's 844-215-0819. Guys, I love yous. You've been with me for over 300 episodes and I thank you very much for that. It means the world to me and my family that we have people listening on a weekly basis. And as times change, we need to be flexible and act according to the things that are being thrown at us. And that is what I'm doing right now with my actions. I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you f- <sighs> That phrase is becoming more and more true every day. The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. That's stuff that they will snatch people up for and never hear from them again. But I mean, what do you do? This is freaking Orwellian to the max, man. Orwellian to the max. The fact that that we are speaking in private because the conversation can't go public, that's Orwellian. They had had people in that book who were reporting other people saying things that they weren't supposed to be saying and thinking how they weren't supposed to be thinking. There was things in that book called Thought Police for a reason. And we are now living amongst Thought Police. So I have to take my segment that is extremely important, put it behind a membership wall so that only people who uh, have access to the privacy of that can access it. Because if I have it public and that gets in the wrong hands, I might disappear. That's how that's what that's what's going on right now. This is what's coming. This is what's coming. It's. Man, I know, and I try to, I try to, I pay attention closely because I want to try to like pinpoint exactly when things are going to get really bad, and I go back and forth between, oh, it's next month, and then, and then I'm like my optimistic side where that wants to believe that okay, we got some time, and maybe I can start a business, get rich, and break free from the system. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think? We got till, you know, maybe a year from now, things will be drastically different if nothing changes, or is it going to play out for a number of years? 
Uh, it's going to get worse and worse as time goes on until they reach their dystopia. That's what's go- that's what's happening. So that's what I was trying to portray earlier. I had a hard time saying it, but like, like we're here in time, and it's this is rough. This is freaking rough. We ain't used to this. But the road to dystopia gets progressively worse. worse, worse, worse. 